Welcome, friends. Welcome to the Book Drop Mic brought to you by Ink Veins. We are your source for book publicity, promo, and press releases. And of course, this is your host, Jason Wright. And look, folks, I am really excited to welcome uh, my friend to the show today. I have known this man for a while, and we have eaten tacos together. And that tells you that we're real friends. His name is Jay Foreman. Welcome to the show, Jay. Hey, thank you, Jason. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Yes, I wish we were sitting at a restaurant eating tacos, but we will take Zoom. That's right. Another time. Another time. All right, uh, Jay Foreman, uh, we're going to talk about the book, but before we do that, tell us real quick about you. Who are you? <laughs> well, that's a tough one right out of the gate. Uh, I, born and raised in this area, I uh, left the world of banking about 15 years ago to uh, pursue a dream of becoming an author. And uh, made every mistake I could right out of the gate, uh, but somehow stumbled along and um, had uh, several books published since then. Uh, also uh, worked the uh, speaking circuit, uh, different conferences, different businesses that way, and teach leadership classes at our local community college. So not much, just basically sitting around, it sounds like. That's <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> so uh, I mentioned, I actually know, Jay, many of the guests that you hear on the show uh, many of the writers, I probably have not been in the same room with Jay and I have been in the same room quite often. And it's funny, there have been a number of speaking engagements when I look at the program and I'm like, oh, Jay's here. All right, this is legit. If Jay's <laughs> on the agenda, I know like this, this is a real gig. Uh, and I might actually get paid for it because I know Jay's not doing it for free, right? <laughs> I love it. Jay's a great, uh, great storyteller. That's probably the first thing I noticed about Jay when I was in the back of the room at an event and heard him commanding an audience of several hundred people. And I realized just the gift he had for articulating um, a story with purpose. So not just a story simply to entertain, but a story to teach and inspire. And ultimately, we hope to maybe inspire some new behaviors or habits from people that are in the room. Uh, and again, I've personally witnessed this a number of times. Uh, and now I'm excited to see that he has taken this to a novel, to, you know, to long form Fiction. So tell us about your brand new book. And I know what it is, but our folks don't. What is it and what is it about? Hey, it's the first in a, in a five book series. It's called The Adventures of Mulberry Manor. Uh, it has a little bit of, uh, of everything in there for folks. It's a uh, it's, uh, supernatural action mystery novel uh, for young adults, uh, but I've had several uh, adults enjoying it just as well. So it dropped about a uh, uh, about a month and a half ago, uh, doing uh, being received uh, very well, so I'm excited about it. It follows uh, uh, brother and sister, Jade and Teddy. Their mother goes missing. Their father goes to look for the mother and drops them off in a place called Lakeside at a mansion called Mulberry Manor, where they're surrounded by all kinds of interesting characters and, and different situations where they have to decide for themselves uh, sometimes there maybe there's more out there than what meets the eye, and it's up to us to follow that. Are we going to choose to believe in something that we maybe cannot see or seems unrealistic, or are we not? And I love the phrase, I live by the phrase, cynicism kills, uh, because too many people out there just want to have the mindset of, hey, if I don't understand it, I don't want to believe it or it can't be real. And I'm trying to uh, crush that mindset with this in a, in a fun way. I love that. So, so the age of your your heroes here. How old are they? 
uh, 16 and 14. Okay. So is this, so, so you said YA, is this, is this where this is shelved like a Barnes and Noble, Amazon, et cetera, is, in, is a young adult title? Yes. Yes. Young adult title. But like I said, most of the, uh, following the analytics of it, most people that have picked it up and read it so far are adults. Mm. So I'm hoping uh, hey, I still have yet to crack that young adult market. Maybe that's still out there waiting for me, but it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's been fun. Well, that's awesome. I, and that's the goal, you know, that's, J.K. Rowling certainly hoped that children would enjoy Harry Potter, but she knows who's who's pulling their credit card out of the checkout, right? Like she, she understands that you've got to write something that appeals to uh, to the older audience as well. It's no different than Pixar making movies for children and understanding that there better be a lot there for adults as well, uh, or the movie's not going to make it. So, so is right. there is there a takeaway? I guess I want to understand if I'm a if I'm a 10, a 12, a 14 year old, because as you know, and we've talked before, that young people tend, and I'm talking children, they tend to want to read something where maybe the characters are a couple of years older than them because it just makes them feel special. Um and and bookstores often shelve stuff this way. Publishers will present stuff in the market this way, where a, a book for a um you know, a third, fourth, fifth grader, the lead character might actually be a sixth, seventh, or eighth grader because it gives those kids an opportunity to step up and to read up a little bit. So first of all, I want to know the lesson, the takeaway for that young reader. Now I want to know the primary takeaway for their parent. Sure. I, I think the uh uh the primary takeaway could be the same for for either demographic there. Um doesn't matter how young you are, doesn't matter how old you are. It's never too early or never too late to be the hero of our own stories. And the characters realize that. They're, they kind of walk into this um, feeling average, you know, like, like many uh, teenagers do. But they're thrown into these situations where, where they realize, hey, you know, it's time for me. I can either uh, sit back and watch life happen or I can step up and uh, help move things in the right direction. So it's not only learning to be the hero of our own story, but also learning to not only help those around us, but to be able to open up and and rely on help from other people. That's uh, that's something that I see these days when I get into the schools and talk a little bit. I don't know if it's a pride thing or, or an ego thing, but a lot of people are scared to ask for help these days. And and my God, Jason, we've talked, you know, most people out there want to help other people. Most people out there are good folks wanting to help other people. And when we realize that, uh, it goes both ways. Take help from other people, but also help other people uh, as well. I, I love the phrase uh, uh, emptying your cup. You know, when we read a good book or, or watch a good podcast like this, or we hear a great speaker, you know, we're filling our cup up, but what are we supposed to do with that? Go pour it into something or someone else. Yeah. I love that. And I do love a lesson that applies across, you know, every age and every reader in particular here, you know, you're creating an opportunity. I, I would think for parents and their children to have discussions, whether that kid is eight, 10, 12, or, you know, 12, 14, 16, whatever. A, a great book is one. And I, one of my friends that's an agent in New York talks about this all the time. Like you can market a book like crazy and you can run ads and commercials and digital and billboards and, and bus signage and whatever you want to do. But until you write a book that has people talking when they're done, like I've got to tell you about this book and this thing I learned, or I've got to tell you about this nonfiction title and this story that was so funny that had me laughing in the subway. Like that is every author's goal, I hope, 
Uh, and if you're listening to this and, and and you have that that great idea and you're ready to write your your first novel, it, it better be a story that when the book closes, the story lives on and you're talking to your neighbors about it and you're talking to your friends at church about it and and you're looking for opportunities to hop on a podcast and talk about it. Those are the stories that really sick, you know, Harry Potter and Twilight and Hunger Games and Wonder and uh, and to drop a book I'm familiar with Christmas jars. those those books did okay. Because when the when the the cover closed, people wanted to experience it deeper, and that meant having conversations, posting about it on social media. And in the case of of a book like this, I hope Adventures in Mulberry Manor, uh, families are coming together and talking about the lessons learned, and maybe challenging one another with with really insightful questions to to be different, to think it through. What has been the response? Have you talked to readers of all ages so far? What are they, not the online review stuff. I'm talking like, what are people saying to Jay when they see you in the grocery store? And they're like, dude, I read your book. <laughs> they said, what were you thinking? It's, <laughs> it's, it's so different than anything else I've ever written. It's it's uh, yeah. so so far out there with the supernatural realm and, and in a fun way. Uh, but they just say it's, it's uh, it caught them by surprise because I've written several children's books and right. leadership books. This is I'm going against what they tell authors we're supposed to do, right? Find a genre and stick with it. I'm bouncing all over the place, but uh, it's caught people by surprise. But they've enjoyed it. I, uh, some of my best compliments. I know. Uh, I think it's a gender thing. I, I feel like women enjoy reading a lot more than. Uh, than us guys do for the most part. Yeah. Uh, so one of the best compliments I get was when I see one of my buddies that I know for a fact uh, don't read a lot of books, and they're like, "Hey, my gosh, I, I went through this in two days. This was great. That that's a really good feeling." And and I knew that there would be some. Uh, I wanted to attract uh, everybody to this. You know, uh, men as well, or young young men as well that may not want to read as much. So I took a page out of. Uh, uh, James Patterson's uh, book, no pun intended there, mm -hmm. but very short chapters. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, they they became easier to write that way mm -hmm. to continue moving. But of the feedback I've gotten is that the uh, chapters are two, three, four pages at most. It's easy to finish a chapter and say, okay, I can go one more before I put this down. And that leads yep. to one more. And yep. it's uh ends up being a it's a longer book, but it ends up being a quick read. Yeah. No, I absolutely love that approach. Anyone that's read my stuff knows I'm a I'm a big believer in in short chapters as well. Uh, in part for everything you just said so well, but also I think there's this partic particularly with younger readers or with reluctant readers, uh, maybe that person that's lucky to read you know a book or two, that adult a book or, or two a year. When you get through a chapter, there's this little rush. I, I mean, I feel it even when I read something. It's like yeah. Like I did that. And particularly yeah. when I go into schools and I talk about the stuff they're reading, man, they, when they get to the end of a chapter, they're sitting during reading time, right. In their English class or homeroom or whatever. And they get to the end of a chapter. There's like this, man, I did this thing. Like yeah. I, I, I finished something. I got to this, not the finish line of the book, but like I've gotten to the end of a chapter, the end of a page, I get to breathe, take a pause if I want to. So yeah, I think it works both ways. I think it entices people that love to read to go a little more, to keep binging a little bit, you know, and in, in the, yeah. the Netflix streaming uh, age. But also I think it helps those uh, reluctant readers who aren't sure if they love reading to feel a sense of accomplishment as they get through a chapter. Smile, feel good about yourself. You did something, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's a big deal. And it's something else I wanted to back up, something else you had mentioned there, uh, as far as uh, adults and, and maybe the children, the parents, 
talking about a book uh, with that. There's there's a couple instances within the book too where the children of the book talk to their father. And it's one of those juxtapositions where they're seeing the exact same situation, but from two different perspectives. So I'm, I'm hoping I'm catching the, uh, the the parents' point of view as well as the the children's point of view. Uh, I, I had both of my kids edit this with me. We had a little mini writers' room in the family room after every chapter. I love we would it. sit down and uh, and uh, I'm sure you know our children can be our worst critics or our best critics, wherever you want to look at that. Yeah. And they would say, okay, they would tell me what they like, but they would be quick to tell me, okay, you're sounding like a 50 year old trying to sound like a 14 year old here. We need to you know, scrub this a little bit. So they really helped, you know, finding the voice and keeping the pace of it as well. Yeah, that's very, very smart. And with that, I'll say full disclosure that I, um, I, I did have some of my friends who are on my beta reading list, by the way, if you're listening to this and you love to beta read stuff, email me, I'll add you to my list of people that that like to get their hands on a manuscript early to sort of see how that comes together and to provide some feedback on it. So uh, I am well aware that there are a number of people that read this thing before it went to press who absolutely loved it. And some of these people um, that I do know quite well personally as friends have no problem telling me the truth. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and they loved, uh, they love this. So it's uh I know it's called, you're calling it book one. So what's yes. next? Is there more to come in this? Yeah, it's, uh, I'm about a quarter of the way through, uh, through book two. I'm planning on a, on a spring uh, release for that one. It'll be a five book series. I have the arc planned out, but uh, nice. um, I don't know if this happens with you a lot, Jason, but I had all the sticky notes for this one uh, for the, for, for book one planned out to a T and I loved where it was going. By about the third sticky note, I was so far off the story, but but I was loving where it was heading now and having fun writing it. And I'm a, I'm a big proponent of, I think if the writer has fun writing it and has done well, it's a good chance the reader's going to have fun reading it. So I just started going where the where the story started taking me, and and I feel like it ended up better than the than the, the outline I had to start with. Yeah, well, that that is often how it happens, for sure. I've I've had a number of books that uh, I was pretty sure I knew, you know, Act One, Act Two, Act Three, how it was all going to piece together, and then um, you just start writing, and sometimes, you know, somebody walks into a scene that you never imagined even existed, and they suddenly play a pretty critical role in the plot, uh, or sometimes even you know through the editing process, a scene, a plot point, a character that you thought was going to be really crucial to the overall story ends up fading away. And, and, and in some cases, I mean, I've had a couple of manuscripts where I had characters that uh, just completely disappeared. I mean, their name was stripped from the manuscript by the time <laughs> the book went to press. So, you know, yeah. uh, rest in peace character. I turned out. I didn't. <laughs> so after this series, what's next for Jay? Um, after this series, uh, my, my daughter and I are working on another series and this would be more for uh, elementary school uh, kids. And this is one where it's uh, a mystery plays out. Uh, all the uh, all the characters are are animals uh, with human characteristics. They walk and they they wear the suits and all that kind of stuff. But each one is a mystery. Something happens, and then um, when it gets to the end, well, halfway through it, they'll bring in uh, Inspector Klaus. He's a lion. You're dressed up in a suit. He's the detective, and he comes in and starts asking leading questions to try to get to the bottom of this mystery. Mm. And each question, you turn back to a page and say, well. Who was standing next to the the gifts when this happened? And it's basically a whodunit book, but the the kids can go back and look, follow 
follow the guided questions. And by the very end, before they turn the last page, see if they have followed the clues to figure out the mystery. Mm. It's really fun. We have the first several done in that, but uh, want to get through all of the Mulberry Manor series first. This is a couple years down the road. I'd like to dive into this. Very cool. I love that. Ever thought and, about it, audio, by the way, with any of these? Ever thought about yes. audio books? Yes. Um, and Mulberry Manor just uh, came out a hardback and, and softback at the same time. About a month after that, um, it was released uh, in ebook form. So, and now within the next probably two weeks, it'll be audio. Audio, love it. Yeah, yeah love audio it. is uh, is just growing like crazy. Got a good audio. It is. Hey, just can I give a quick plug before if this goes too long? You can cut me out in editing here. But I wanted to no, 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 plug away, man. <laughs> I wanted to say one of the uh, things that I was uh, I was most proud of in this book is to include not even, not necessarily the main characters, but also just the, the the tiny bit characters, maybe show up for a page here and there. I really wanted to get in the theme of encouragement uh, in, in this book because I think that's something that these days is far and few between. And, and it's great. It's contagious when we see it out there, but I also want people to be able to read about it. And hopefully it's contagious there too. And, and I really learned that from two authors in my time. When I was a kid, I wrote to Judy Bloom mm-hmm. and how much I loved her books and uh, how I thought, you know, Here's an idea for a new book. I thought she would love that. Judy Bloom wrote me back a handwritten letter wow. back in the early 80s when I, when I was a little kid, maybe even late 70s. Wrote me a handwritten letter back. I still have it. And uh, said, hey, thank you for the kind words. Appreciate this. Um, thank you for the idea for a new book. But it sounds like you have a bunch of ideas. Maybe you should write books yourself. And I, I, I still have the letter. When I got my first book published uh, about 15 years ago, I actually uh, reached out to her on Facebook and said, hey, I know you don't remember me, but, and explained to her who I was and thanked her for that. And she reached back out. That's uh, so cool. And the second author was you. And you know I've told this story in front of crowds before, but I wanted to share it here, hopefully catch a different audience. Uh, you had mentioned earlier, we've uh, we've done some speaking gigs on the, in the same venues. I got invited to a speaking gig uh, here locally, something called the Apple Blossom Festival. Mm-hmm. And what I always do is I always look up who spoke the year before and try to reach out and get advice for that person. Well, lo and behold, here's a New York Times bestselling author, Jason Wright. So it was a little intimidating, but for those listening, I called Jason. I called you up and uh, you called me right back. And it wasn't tacos that day. I think it was Italian. But we mm-hmm. went out. And it was. You, you, you went out with a guy that you had no idea who he was, but you took your time and not only encouraged me, but but helped enable me and equip me to go on and uh, and have some success with that. So haven't never forgotten about Judy Bloom, never forgotten about your kindness either, and just try to pass those on in themes of my different books. So thank you for that. Well, that that means a lot. I I uh, I love that. And you have mentioned that before. I'm I'm thankful for that and and linking it up with the G Bloom. That's just that's that's <laughs> terrific. Like what a cool, yeah, what a cool experience. And I know I've told you before, and and I'll say it again. You you will do all those same things and are already doing those same things for other people. And and maybe there's somebody listening to the show right now who happens to be local who's going to call you up and say, hey, let's uh, let's go get tacos and talk about your career. So <laughs> it's uh, it's fun to know you. I'm glad we got you on early uh, on this new show and. And uh, I hope people will go out and check out the book. Um, I, they know where they can find the book. We'll pull out all the links, uh, of course, to Amazon and uh, everything else in the show notes. But what about you? Where can they just find your content online? Um, they can find uh, find me on my website. It's, uh, it's just my name, J-A-Y, middle initial W, 
Foreman, F-O-R-E-M-A-N.com. Everything's on there. J.W. Foreman. All right. Well, we will link to that as well. And I don't know, but I suspect that when book two comes out, we may find you back on the show. Uh, and, and tacos before then. Absolutely. Tacos before then. Jay, you're a good man. Thanks for coming on. Book drop. Mike, we appreciate you. Thank you, Jason.